God is faithful, isn't it? Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning for your great love and mercy, Lord God. Hallelujah. As your word said, Lord, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he condemn thee, and thou be found a liar. So, Lord, thy word is forever settled in heaven, Lord God. Thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your joy and your peace, Lord God. And, Lord, we thank you for our pastor, Lord God, and that's why I strengthen them, encourage them, Lord God. They're faithful witnesses to you, Lord God. Meet their every need in every way. Thank you for victory, Lord. Thank you for peace. Move by thy spirit in, in this service, Lord. Have your way. Meet every need that's present. Lead, guide, and direct us and keep us by the power of God. Let your divine will be done in our lives. Stir us up to do your will, Lord God. Save souls, Lord God. Add souls to the church daily such as you'll be saved. Thank you for victory, Lord God. Thank you for all things, Lord God. Meet every need that's present. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church, hearts to receive and to contain and to obey in Jesus' name. For the glory of God, amen. Yes, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Taylor. In Jesus' name, for the glory of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You can take this uh, the, the way you want to take it, but the way I see the shield of faith in the new covenant in Ephesians chapter 6, part, a vital part of the spiritual armor, God's armor. The shield of faith will quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. When I see the shield of faith, at first I thought of the development of my own faith. And here's where the danger is. If your faith is in your faith, and your faith wavers, your shield comes down. Fiery darts come through. But if your faith is in God's faithfulness, hallelujah, amen. God's faithfulness. I believe in the shield of faith, and my faith is developed in his faithfulness, amen. That's Jeremiah said, you know, I, I was crushed. I preached a lifetime. I didn't see anybody. Well, I got it better than that. I've seen several people. In fact, as many people come to Christ down through 40, almost 46 years of pastor slash evangelist. But I've also seen people fall away from Christ. That's the heart-rending part of it. David saw, um, um, Jeremiah saw in Book of Lamentations, he saw Israel fall away. And he said, I was crushed when I considered the wormwood and the gall. Uh, but this I recall to mind. Therefore, have I hope. Thy mercies are new every morning. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness. In the general sense, it applies to God himself, his person, his holiness, a God who cannot lie. Not a God who will not lie, but a God who is such pure light that he cannot lie. Amen. Hallelujah. God is faithful. I want to reiterate that one more time before we get into the rest of the message. This could be the message. I've got a message I'm longing to preach, but I just feel God leading me today. The, in, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it said that, that Sarah, being past the age of childbearing, past the age. So there's a double negative. Not only is she around 90, when this occurs and her husband is 100 how many know when you're 90 and 100 uh, it's not time to put on that country music record that says says the pity pity patter of little bitty feet's gonna pity pity patter at our house amen in fact sarah laughed when the angel disguised as a, a young man two of them when they said now it's time to fulfill that promise amen that abraham tried to fulfill uh, by uh, you know saul's armor again doing something uh, on his own in the whole middle east is still being affected by the decision that he made to try to bring to pass what god promised because he couldn't wait upon the lord 
Amen. But when he learned to wait upon the Lord, he quit staggering at the promises of God. Amen. Through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Because what he promised, Abraham counted him faithful to perform. Amen. Hallelujah. This is, this is, the, this is the stabilizer for wavering faith. Sarah, being past the age of childbearing, received faith. In her, by faith, trusted God to give her a child. That's an amazing scripture in Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. Through faith, Sarah, being past the age of childbearing, and she wasn't able to have children anyway. She was barren before she got past the age of childbearing. So it was a double negative, and yet God had given a promise. And the Bible said through faith, Sarah obtained the strength to conceive and bring forth a child being past the age of childbearing because, singular, she built her faith up. She claimed the... No, because she considered him faithful that promised. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And in that Hebrew word faithful also is connotating able. How many believe God is able? God is able. Amen. He's able. There's nothing impossible with God, and there's nothing impossible to him that believeth. Amen. Hallelujah. God is able. But if God isn't faithful, it doesn't matter that he's able. If God isn't faithful, it, it doesn't matter a bit to you that he's able. Three theological great truths about God is that he's, he's omnipresent. That means he's here. He's not sitting aloof in his heaven apart from us. Omnipresent. He's here. He's here. He's with us. David said before the cross and before Jesus promised to never leave us that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and his God was with him. And he stood looking out over the Mediterranean Sea. And he said, if I take the wings of the morning and I go to where the horizon meets the water as far as I can see, amen, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, the sense of the grave, even there, thy hand shall uphold me. Death can't keep you, you your presence from me. Nowhere I can go on the earth can keep your presence from me. Amen. Isn't that incredible? Where can I go from thy spirit? Amen. Nowhere. There's nowhere I can be that you can't be with me. Nowhere. No, I can't, I can't sink so far that you can't lift me up. And I think you got it Bluetooth. Amen. About he will lift you up. Kentucky song. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, some of you look like that God isn't able. Some of you act like. And some of us act like God isn't able. And you know he's able. If I would ask you, do you believe God is able? You would say absolutely yes, and you wouldn't hesitate. So the issue isn't his ability to help you. It's his willingness to help you and his faithfulness to help you. So when it said she received strength to conceive and bring forth a son being past the age of childbearing because she considered him faithful who promised. Faith in God's faithfulness will never fail you because God never changes. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Can you say amen? Israel had been unfaithful to God and he couldn't bless them until they returned to him. But when they returned to him, they found out that he was faithful. He wasn't the one that broke the contract. He, he's, not a, he's not just a promise maker, Brother Taylor. He's a promise keeper. Can you say amen? And the promises of God become yea and amen to everyone that believes. Believes what? The promise? No, that's not the primary thing. You do believe the promise, but it doesn't begin with that. It begins with believing that God is faithful to keep that promise. Because the promise is only good as the person who made it. Amen? So what we need to get a hold of today is an anchor 
for our soul. Abraham staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God because he anchored his faith. The Bible said in that that is behind the veil. Well, what was behind the veil? The Ark of the Covenant behind the veil. And the ingredients in the ark of the mercy seat behind the veil. But more important than all of that, God's earthly manifestation of his presence abided behind the veil. And he said, my faith is anchored not just in the promise, but in the person who made the promise. And so my anchor reaches into that, which is God himself, which is behind the veil in that holiest place. We used to sing, I'm anchored in Jesus. I'll fear no wind or wave. I've anchored in Jesus, for he hath power to save. I'm anchored in the rock of ages. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So it would be good if we begin to look at the shield of faith in the light of God's faithfulness rather than building our faith and praying that we can stand and use it so strong that it will never waver. Thou, O Lord, the psalmist really zeroed in on it. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. See, if you get a faith lift, I'm not lisping. If you get a faith lift today, you will also get a face lift. Where, where, we, where I make the deposits at our bank in Plant City, I try to wait. I even let somebody in front of me so I can deal with a, with a, a, a young, uh, young black teller. When I say young, she's around 30, and that's young to me. Just wait till you get over 70, 30 will be young. Right now, you may not think it's so young, but one day 30 is going to be young, isn't it, Brother Taylor? Sister Taylor, Sister Venable, I'm going to let the rest of you alone for a little while. One day you'll find out 30 is young. And I try to get her. She's a PK. She's a preacher's kid. Amen. Her mama was in there the other day, brought her lunch or something. And her mama is a, is a preacher lady. Amen. She's a big lady. But she's got a big heart. And I just enjoyed seeing her. I could tell that she's one of us. Hallelujah. Because she's a Christian. Amen. And, uh, and, and every time I start coming up to the, to the teller window, uh, this, this dear, sister in the Lord. Uh, amen. She, she says, every time you come in, I just have to smile. And I thought, well, that's a good thing. I'm glad I can spread some joy around because there's too many long faces in this old world, beat down, beleaguered, uh, defeated, depressed people. Amen. It's good that there's some, that the joy of the Lord exists and can be manifest in a Christian's life. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so, you know, the first time I met her, I, I, I remember uh, saying something that made her smile. But then, then we turned that into the spiritual sense. And, and I said uh, to her, I said, you know, the scripture said in the old covenant, the light in the eyes, this is from the Amplified, the light in the eyes of him who is joyful rejoices the heart of others. The light in the eyes of him who is joyful, rejoices the heart of others. There's a line of people. They have killed the drive through at our bank. It's, it's Bank of America. We've been with them forever. But they're, they just, they're two tellers and no drive through There's a huge line of impatient people. And she stops and grabs a pencil and pad and writes down the scripture. Amen. Because she wanted to Google it and make sure she got a hold of it. Because I wanted her to know I'm not just coming in here to clown around. I'm not just coming in here to joke with you. I'm coming in here as a Christian who has the joy of Jesus. And you know what is promoting that joy? One of the things I found out it's not just my faith keeping me above water. I love the story of Peter. And I love the story about him standing in that stormy sea, 
looking out over the sea and seeing what he thought was an apparition. He saw Jesus walking on the water, but he hadn't, he couldn't believe what he was seeing. But he knew if, if it was happening, it had to be somebody special. Can you say, man, it, it, it's either a ghost, but if it's a real person, there's only one person that it could be because he'd been around Jesus just long enough to know that there was something different. This is not just any prophet. This is not just any preacher. What manner of man is this? Never a man spake like this man. What manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? That's somebody special. Can you say man? And he thought he saw an apparition because he couldn't believe what he was seeing. And he said, Lord, if that's you, as he recognized him through the storm and the rain, rain and the wind, if that's you, bid me come to you. Now, everybody's trying to build their faith to that place where we can walk out on the word and not be affected by the, the, the world around us. We can just get into that realm with God and there's people talk like they're there until they need an offering for the television budget. These very same people that are talking about that kind of faith to never let any circumstance bother them, can't trust God to speak to anybody to give. And they start whining. It's got to be whining. Oh, Lord, I don't know how we're going to do this if you don't. Yeah, and, and, and then they send some, some people actually, as I said last week, hire a New York marketing firm uh, to, in, to stimulate people to give. These are the people talking this kind of faith. Yeah. Amen. And they're sending a letter to me. And they're sending a letter to you and 100,000 other people if they can get their address. And there's nothing wrong with asking people to help. But if you've developed your faith to that high level, you don't have to ask anybody but God. Amen. God will speak to people. I love the commanded blessing. I love it when God says how good and pleasant it is when the brethren dwell together in unity. It's like the anointing oil I'm trying to tone down because somebody told me last week, you can hear me all the way down the hall. Amen. So I'm trying pur purposely to small room it just a little bit. I'm going to try to get me a neck mic. Just I, be myself. Let them hear it down the hall. Maybe they'll move us to the bigger room for free just to get us on the other side of the hotel. Or kick us out. I don't know. But let's, let's have church today. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Everybody's telling me. You know we joke about it. Until I wonder if I'm doing something wrong sometimes. About my long windedness to get the message out. But honey I'm going to tell you we're in the last day. Jesus is coming soon. I do not have a sermonette. For Christianettes that want to stay in a spiritual bassinet. I have a message from God today. It's sent by God. It's in my heart. It's burning like fire within my soul. Hallelujah. And I've never learned how to tone it down and turn it down to accommodate people that are used to just getting in, getting out, and getting on with their life without being challenged or changed. God wants a church to stand up strong and tall than this generation. He's coming for an unspotted, unblemished bride that doesn't date out. Paul said, I've espoused you to one husband that I may present you unto Christ, a chaste virgin. Now, the only way we can, we can be presented to Jesus that way is if God does something in our life to sanctify us in a way that we could never present ourselves unto him. It has to be something done by the Holy Spirit. It has to be something done through the word of God because he said that you'd love 
loved the church in that same chapter, and he cleansed it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it unto himself, a glorious church. Hallelujah. Amen? So if you're just getting a sponge bath on Sunday morning, you're not being washed. The cleansing is not going to occur. But if you're challenged and the Holy Spirit moves in your life and changes are wrought, praise God, then he's going to begin to make you more and more like his son. Hallelujah. That is the fivefold ministry's focus and purpose that we come, be no more children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but grow up into him who is the head to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus. And you will never arrive to that place until he comes. So we'll always have room to grow. Can you say, man, we'll always have room to grow. It's the people who have quit growing that stay in spiritual infancy and they cannot be trusted because they cannot exhibit faithfulness. They cannot walk in victory. They go to a church that doesn't challenge them on those crucial issues in their life and you better entertain them because they're not drawn out of devotion to Christ they're not drawn out of respect and and love for him hanging on the cross for them getting off of that and getting back to the shield of faith God is faithful who will not allow us to be tempted see the issue is always his faithfulness in order for us to be faithful to him we have to understand and apply his faithfulness to us no temptation is taking you that's not just the temptation to sin and do wrong it is every test of life all of it is under the heading temptation when my son passed away and I was praying every day for his salvation, I did get confirmation before he passed away of his salvation. I prayed for his healing. Every day I prayed for him to be saved and his body to be healed. He had no faith to receive his healing. He told me, he said, Dad, I did this to myself. God healed me. And I went right back to the patterns that hurt my own body. I did it to myself. He couldn't believe. Now, see, if he'd got rooted and built up in Jesus, he could have believed that there was enough grace, that there was enough mercy to cover that. But he never got that far in his relationship to the Lord. He said, Dad, I can't. I, I, I just, he could believe for his salvation. But he couldn't believe for his physical healing. He wouldn't even bother going there and talking about that. But he did start talking about going home, going home, going to heaven. You know, there, the, the Bible said there is such a condition that someone can get in. God is, is working. See, we're, 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 we're locked into time. But God is not. He's working for eternal good, not temporary convenience. And there's a situation where the body is destroyed so the spirit can be saved. I hit that very thing. God wants you in heaven more than he wants you to have a long life here. Amen. I would rather my life be shortened here and live forever in heaven than to live to be a hundred years old here and end up in hell for eternity. You got to get God's value system down on the inside. My, my son wanted to go to heaven. Amen. He wasn't expecting healing. He didn't care if I prayed for it, but he, he didn't have any faith to believe for that. He did have faith that Jesus would forgive his sin and save his soul. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what the Lord did. He met him where his faith was. And God will meet you where your faith is. You don't have to have victory in your life. But if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Can you say amen? But when you base your belief, it's got to be anchored. It's got to be anchored in that that is behind the veil.
and that that is behind the veil is the earthly manifestation of the person and presence of the God of glory. Can you say man? So it's all about him. And that's why the Bible said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Hyper faith preachers have tried to turn that around to have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. They're the same ones that are asking for money to buy the new jet plane instead of trusting God to provide it if it's his will. Are you listening? We receive an offering. Yes, but we pray that God will provide people with the means to give and the heart to give. I love Doug reiterates my heart on the website all the time in saying this is free of charge. Why, why don't you charge a dollar for the download? And, and you could get, what if a million people started listening? Well, the reason we don't, I want to tell you why. And the reason we haven't put PayPal on there, like we were told to do. I'm always aware, not only of Saul's armor, I'm aware of the fact that this this has been abused by so many that represent the Lord, that the world is leery when you ask for an offering. We should ask for an offering, but God's people ought to be glad to support the ministry so people who don't know the Lord can hear the gospel and not just have a hard sell, amen, when they see something that represents the kingdom. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I remember when my son was coming under that deep conviction and he started wanting to watch every Christian movie he could find. He started wanting to listen to all Christian music. Amen. And I remember he got up one morning to go to work and he told me, he said, and in this case, it was PTL. Uh, not PTL, it was Jim Baker's show. He was looking for anything gospel, anything Christian. God put that hunger and that thirst for righteousness in him. He said, Dad, I got up, I was excited. It was an hour before I had to be at work. I turned on the television and and I, I heard a scripture and I just sitting there, I wanted, my, he was hungry. You get hungry in your soul when God begins to draw you. Praise God. He said, I was hungry. And he said, Dad, I don't, I don't know what's happening. See, he, he hadn't been in church and exposed to anything so long. Things have changed since he was in church. Things have changed in the gospel world. And he said somebody was selling, selling something to turn muddy water into drinking water and some kind of tarpoleum to get under it when the tribulation comes. And, and selling, selling, selling. And his soul was crying out for something from God. And he said, uh, he said, I actually had teared up and saying, has it come to this? When, when you're so hungry, has it come to this? Yes, it has. Amen. Now, God knows the heart and God's going to deal with his children. I'll leave all that to the Lord. But I deal with doctrine. I deal with truth. I deal with scripture. Can you say amen? Amen. And I want, I want in my son, anybody that comes in here and anybody that comes to our website, I want them to know we're going to take care of this. We're going to pay the bills here. We want you to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we don't want you to question our motive of being on the web or on the radio. I said one time on radio, if you were a millionaire, you couldn't buy anything from our website. If you're a billionaire, you couldn't buy anything. If you wanted to give a donation, we'd gladly receive it, but you can't buy something. Freely, you have received. Freely give. Can you say amen? When people ask for an offering in order for you to get your healing, unbiblical, unscriptural, can you say, man, lame man, way they would have dealt with the lame man, the lame man who had never walked that sat at the gate beautiful in the book of Acts, they would have walked by him and, and they would have said, listen, you need your healing. They would have held the cup out to the beggar and said, you you give to this ministry and we'll pray for your healing. You got to sow a seed of money. 
It's got to be. It's got to be money. It's got to be a money seed. It can't be a faith seed, a hope seed, a faithfulness seed. It's got to be a money seed. So you, isn't that right? Isn't that how it's presented? We'd have to change the book of Acts to say that man needs to give is what he needs. If he wants to get healed and if he don't want to give, then he don't need to be healed. But instead, they said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, freely you've received. We've got to support the gospel. I get it. We have to have it. We have to close the door. I preached one time that every time you don't give, you vote to close the door. In every church in America, that's true. If Christians don't support the gospel of the world, sometimes they give because God gets a hold of them. We'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, <laughs> such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And immediately his ankle bones received strength. And he went into the temple running and leaping and praising God. Can you say, man, are you hearing me today? Where do we get off changing that to get our monetary, material, and physical needs met? Where is this faith of God instead of manipulating and merchandising people? I saw a well-known evangelist at the Place for Miracles so-called pile of prayer request. And he went to pray over the pile of people grasping at a straw to get God's help in their life for their child, for their wife, for their husband, for their physical need. And he said, you know, it's hard to pray for people who haven't planted a seed. In other words, if there's not a check in there with the request, it's very difficult for me to pray in faith and believe anything's going to happen. And I thought, okay, where did we change it all? You know what my Bible tells me? First Peter, you know what it tells me and other places? We were not redeemed, ransomed with corruptible things like silver and gold. But with the precious blood of a lamb without spot and without blemish. We were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold after the tradition of your fathers. Everybody knows if you're going to pay a ransom, you're going to have to pay it in silver and gold to get anybody set free. God said Jesus is going to pay a ransom. But it's something that is more precious than all the silver, all the gold, all the money of the world. He's going to pay the price with his own precious blood, sinless blood. Can you say man selfless love on that cross what jesus bought and paid for at the cross we do not market that we do not sell that as a commodity or as a product healing isn't for sale salvation isn't for sale can you say man the blood of jesus cannot be compared with a check for a thousand dollars to a minister or a ministry that blood was shed for you that blood was shed for me. First Peter 2, 24, who himself, who himself bear our sins in his own body on the tree with whose stripes. I told you it's been paid for by his blood, his pain, his suffering, his sacrifice. How dare we sell what he bought at such a high price? You can see how that's filled this building. This is the most biblically illiterate generation with more churches, more TV preachers, more teachers than there's ever been. And the Bible talked about it. Amen. The last days, perilous times will come. They're here. The Bible said they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And you can see that day today. My son couldn't get over when he finally started seeking. He thought he would find sincerity. 
and the cross as a centerpiece like it was before he went his own way and fell away from God. But he found something entirely different. The Bible said in the old covenant it began, the prophets, the priests minister by their means. And my people love to have it that way. If it wasn't for God's people supporting, false prophets couldn't continue to expose the wrong gospel to a gainsaying world. It's God's people sending in the checks. It's God's people sending in the money orders. It's God's people that would rather have a, a prophecy over themselves, a word from the Lord instead of the word of the Lord. It's God's people who do not want to be taught in Sunday school and learn what the Bible has to say so they can discern. It's not the gift of discernment. It's growing up in God. How, how, how are we going to weather what is here and is going to continue? Deception. Doug said it well. He said the major major sign of the last days is deception 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 if the major sign is deception the bible said evil men and seducers you want to know what's coming evil men and seducers seducers you know the bible said they would give heed they would turn away from truth and give heed to seducing Seducing, it sounds so good. It feels so good. It seems so good. And that's what's trending right now. I don't care what's trending. I care about what's true. There's a big difference in what the church world is accepting as trending and what is true. Can you say, man, it's not trends that set you free. It's truth that sets you free. Can and the way you get to that truth, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth. Not just intellectually, but you'll know it experientially. If you hear the word and you become a doer and not a forgetful hearer, you'll know it by experience. And that truth will set you free. And that truth will keep you free. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so glad. I, I, I'm looking back on it. I always look for somebody to lean on, somebody to look to, to help me. Amen. To, and and I never, God just wouldn't leave anybody at church like that until some people finally come along to be an encouragement. But not just say to me good words of faith, but to, but to demonstrate to me faithfulness. Somebody that was sincere and truly committed to God and, and not given to change. Meddle not with them that are given to change. Stand you in the gates, the prophet of old said, and call for the old pathways. Why? Because we want to go backward? No. Had a lady tell me the other day, she said, you know, I love my church. I go to my church but I, I don't go to there anymore because it's become progressive. Well, what does progressive mean in today's economy? It's Pentecostal-based ministry, but it's changed. Progressive means we even don't want to identify with church or Calvary or cross, even our denomination. We want to be some kind of blended, blend-in so we can get people to come in. Well, if you get them to come in by blending in, you'll never make a disciple unto Jesus out of them. Can you say, man, because they will go out the door and do what? What they did when you got them in. They'll go out the door and blend in with the world. I call them comedian Christians. You put them on a green leaf, they turn green. You get them in church, holy, holy, you get them in the world. Party, party. Can you say, man? 
They, they blend in. We're not here to blend in. We're here, amen, to stand apart and not be self-righteous, but to be different from the culture. We are upstream Christians in a downstream world. And when we leave here, we're not supposed to go with the flow because the flow is away from God. We need to be drawing closer. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming for a bride that has been washed with water by the word that he might present it to himself. A glorious church, not having spot, you know, and in order to do that, you've got to see your flesh as something that can tarnish you, that can, that can, that can make spots on your garment of righteousness. The Bible said we're to come to the place we hate the garment spotted by the flesh. You'll never crucify it until you see the damage it can do you. Can you say amen? Well, they do this over here. They do that. This is not about them and him. This is about you and him. This is about me and him. You've got to get that attitude. Amen. That the, that the scriptures are clear about when, when it is said, if Baal is God. Serving. If, if, if you want to keep playing with the world, having the world applaud you, having the world accept you, then just go ahead and be a worldling. If Baal is God, serve him. But if Jehovah is God, if the Lord is God, if Adonai is God, serve him. But make up your mind. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. Because right now you are the servant of somebody. And you may be the servant of self. It don't, see, the devil uses your own flesh to get you. And you don't realize it, but when you serve self, you're serving Satan. In the last day, perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own self. And that leads to lovers of pleasures for your flesh more than lovers of God. And so we've changed the gospel to feed that flesh desire. To have all the things that the world says will make you happy. The Bible said we brought nothing into this world. And we're not going to take nothing out of this world. But godliness with contentment is great gain. And the Bible said, for he hath said, I'll never leave you nor forsake. That's got to be. That's got to be more important than any mansion that can ever be built. That you have a God that says, I'll go with you. I'll never leave you. And having food and raiment. How many got food for your belly? Clothes for your body. Therewith, be content. Hallelujah. Does, does that mean, listen, I got, a, I got a closet that God has blessed me with Finding deals on stuff. Amen. I won't tell you where and how, but I find deals on stuff. I just want you to know that everything I have on today, including my underwear, which I'm not going to, you just have to t take that by faith. Can you say, man, take it by faith? All of it. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> it did not come from men's warehouse. I didn't pay $350 for this coat. I didn't pay, amen, $85 for these slacks. I didn't pay $75 for these shoes. I won't tell you what kind of deal I got on my socks and underwear. But anyway, just know it was a deal. You're going to... Come on, girl. We'll hit, we'll, me and my wife and you, we'll hit that store. We'll, we'll, we get name brands. I should wear the label on the outside. What in the world does this thing say? What does it say? 
something Italian. It could be Armani. I'm, I don't think it's Armani, but it could be I, labels on it. And, and I'm saying, why, why should I go to? I don't have, first, I don't have the $350. And number two, I don't need an Armani on Sunday morning. Because if I had an Armani, I would have to wear this coat inside out. So you could see the label. But it fits me as good as an Armani. Tell you this is nice, Sean. G and W Fashion Shop, right? <laughs> there are people that wouldn't even want to affiliate with me if they thought that I would say that I shopped at a thrift store. They 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 have tailor made clothes. They want the name brand on it. I got a beautiful Seiko watch here. You know who picked this out for me at Pastor Appreciation? This watch right here, Sister Sherry. Amen. Sherry. Sherry baby picked this out for me. And I thought, that's a beautiful watch. It's expensive in our world, right? It's not expensive in their world. Because it's not a Rolex. I'm very happy with it. Now, I worked with the guy. And he worked with me, so you know he wasn't a rich man when I was bivocational. I worked with a guy, and he got a Rolex watch. He said, I've wanted one all my life. My wife left me two years ago, and I finally got the money to get one. <laughs> I mean, that's, what, that's the way he presented it. I, <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. You just have to figure that out for you. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But he just had some more money somehow. I don't don't know how that works. I'd, my, I'd rather have my wife than a Rolex. I'm on record, right? So, so he said, he said, I, I got one, and he said it's not the top of the line, but it's it's in there, and, and it costs several thousand dollars. It wasn't the diamond when encrusted gold Rolex, and he said, I'll bring it tomorrow. And I thought, if I had a Rolex, they got my class ring out of my locker. And you're not aware to wear a watch in a production plant. And you know, drop it in the ice cream. Of course, I don't think nobody would complain if they pulled a Rolex out. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Do you? I say, hey, I got a $5,000 watch. Boy, I love this ice cream. <laughs> Amen. He said, I'll bring it tomorrow. And I thought he's going to bring it show it to me, put it in his locker. And I thought, you better put that in your car and you better lock your car. And and what he did, he brought an eight by 10 Olin Mills picture of himself. He had on a sport coat. He had his watch on. He, they, they had a, like a three tier step thing there, big scene behind him. He wanted a close up. He put his foot up like that, and he went like this. He wanted him to get that Rolex in that picture. You pay $5,000 for a watch. You don't want to put it under your coat sleeve. You want to get it out there. The gym I go to does not allow muscle shirts. Because they don't want anyone to be intimidated by someone with those great big biceps and triceps. So you're not allowed to wear a muscle shirt. Am I glad? Amen. (laughs) I used to have them. Glory to God. Amen. I used to say that I was afraid they'd stop me on the interstate. The highway patrol pulled me over for having two big guns in my car. Anyway, moving right along. God is good. I'm so glad. I am so glad that I have a family, that I have a father in heaven, that I have a savior in Christ, that I have God's commitment to never leave me. See, that's the issue. I'll go with you. You you should be of all people on this earth. People that if you've got food and raiment, don't compete, don't compare, don't try to keep up with who are the Joneses anyway. Can you say, man, I don't know these people. I don't know if they know Jesus.
us or not. But I know I know Jesus. I have no desire to impress. I've been to pastor's meetings, pastor's conferences. I'm so glad I don't feel the need to impress. I'm so glad I know Jesus. Hallelujah. I am not bowled over by being around some great Christian celebrity. Why? Because I know the King of glory. I know the King of kings. I know the Lord of lords. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Taylor, I, I, yes, I want to be me for Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Listen to me very carefully as we close today. Faith in your faith. If your faith wavers, this is something I keep reiterating. Sarah, Hebrews chapter 11. Sarah, being past the age of childbearing, received strength to conceive and bring forth a son because she sent a thousand dollars to that ministry by faith. No, because she considered him faithful that had promised. Can you say man? Hallelujah. And Abraham staggered not at the promise of God because his faith, like an anchor, he anchored his faith in that that is behind the veil. Can you say, man, his faith was in God's person, not just God's power. God's person, not just God's promise. Because the promise is no good if the person isn't faithful. Do you see that today? So the shield of faith has to be more than just your ability to always believe in spite of the circumstances. Let's get Peter. Let's keep Peter from drowning and see what God did for him. Thank God for impetuous Peter. If God can use him. God can use you and me. People are trying to build their faith so they can walk on the water and still Instead of build their faith in the mercy and the faithfulness of Jesus. Anytime your faith leads you to be less dependent on God and more independent from God, it's not biblical faith. Anytime in the name of faith you are less dependent on God because look what my faith has done. Instead of look what my God has done. My Bible says apart from Him, you can't do anything. It's all, it's centered in Him. So He says, Jesus, if that's you, bid me come to you. Here we have the Word. Here we have the Word. Jesus said, come. So, based on that command from Christ to come, Peter jumps out of the boat, lands in the water, and he doesn't sink. Now, here's something I'm going to say, and you can check it out, read the Bible. But in, in the overarching explanation of faith, faith in God's faithfulness, Jesus did not expect him to walk on the water and not sink. Jesus knew he was going to sink when he got out of the boat. And he did. Why did he sink? Because when he saw, when he saw that the wind picked up and the waves were exceedingly and the rain was excessive, the storm got worse when he started acting on the word. And that's typical. You act on the word, storm's going to get worse. Sure is shooting. And you may find yourself with that sinking feeling of I prayed, I believed, but I don't see anything to indicate that God is moving. Don't give up on God because he's not. See, I'm glad he's not the kind of God that says sink or swim. I'm glad he's the kind of God that he is whose mercies are due every morning. 
can you say, man? Hallelujah. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground, including my own faith in my faith, is sinking sand. Can you say, man, sinking sand? Hallelujah. Jesus never fails, the songwriter said. Hallelujah. Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Oh, my son, Hallelujah. Let's hurry and finish, but I'm going to be me as we finish. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Amen. Peter saw. He saw in his humanity what we cannot help but see in our humanity. And that is the circumstances around us. You can't deny it. You, you can't act like you're blind to it. There's no hyper-faith development that you won't see and feel your circumstances at any given time. And you may find yourself with that sinking feeling. I've got good news for you. I've got great news for you. That's okay if you know who to call on when you feel that sinking feeling. And when you feel that sinking feeling, the devil will say, you don't have enough faith. You, you're going to go ahead and go under. He's a liar. Amen. It don't take a lot of faith to have mercy flow to you. It's already, it's new every morning. It's waiting for you to cry out to him. Can you say, man, God's going to come on your side. God is going to help you. And, and right while you feel like you're sinking and going under. You know what? You know what Peter did? Oh, he should have walked on the word. He got his mind off the word. No, no. He began to sink because he was human. And you never have enough faith to keep you from not feeling and sensing your circumstances. There's no hyper faith place. You would be either superhuman which you are not, or you would be subhuman. But when you feel it, and you get that sinking feeling, God's not asking you to bring yourself up out of that sinking storm. God is asking you to remember His faithfulness. <laughs> Jesus, save me! I don't know how far it was from where Jesus was walking the water to where Peter wasn't even treading the water. But I know one thing that the Bible says, and immediately. How many believe Jesus can move from here to your point of your need that quick? <laughs> See, it's not just your ability to climb back up on the water. How would you, you know what I'm saying? And, and show Jesus that you, you can do it yourself. That's independence from him. I believe that Christ wanted Peter to be more dependent on him. Hallelujah. Because when he was dependent on his own faithfulness, he said, they might forsake you, but not me. Can you say, man, do you see it? Jesus wanted that out of him. Jesus wanted him to depend on Christ for his own faithfulness to Christ. Amen. Wow. I got a God that comes, that runs to me when I cry out to him. The devil tried to tell me when I was going through nervous exhaustion that I had no faith and therefore I didn't have God's favor because I couldn't show him my faith and my worthiness to receive. He is a liar. His mercy is new every single morning. Great, great is his faithfulness to his people and to his covenant. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And immediately, Jesus didn't say sink or swim. Jesus didn't chide him for sinking. Jesus immediately grabbed him by the hand and lifted him back up onto the water that Jesus was sustaining him now. He wasn't kept up by his faith. He was kept up by Christ's faithfulness. And now his faith grew because now his faith was in the faithfulness of Christ, not his own ability to believe for the supernatural. Isn't that beautiful? 
I got a God who runs to me when I'm sinking. <laughs> I, I don't have to prove myself by walking on the water. I just have to prove my faith when I start to sink to cry out to Him. And guess what? Peter, sustained by who? His faith? No, by Jesus' faithfulness. Walk back to the, oh, if you're trying to develop your faith for, to where you never sink. I'd say good luck, but there ain't going to be no luck involved. You're going to sink for sure. Can you say amen? But if you develop your faith in a God who says, oh, I will not let you fall. I will catch you if you start to fall. Underneath are the everlasting wings. Can you say, man, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Fear not, fear not. He told him over and over again in the old covenant, I will uphold thee. I will uphold. He knows we need it. He's willing to give it. I will uphold thee. I looked up that word uphold. You know what it means in the Hebrew? It doesn't mean what Peter and Jesus did to get back to the boat. It goes beyond that. It means to pick up off the ground. It's not God, God's strength, His strong arm around you. It is God. It's not you at all anymore. It's God picking you up. Just like the cast sheep, the sheep that's been on its back so long, the circulation has stopped, it can't walk. The shepherd don't go stand up on his feet and said, follow me. The, the shepherd picks up that sheep, the full grown sheep, not the lamb. And he puts it over his shoulders and he takes it back to the safety and the security of the foe. Oh, and I love this about his mercy and faithfulness. Oh, don't say amen another time so we can quit. Can you say, just try to hold it down just for a minute. Go ahead and say it. We'll, we'll quit anyway. Amen. Listen, listen. The Bible said the 99 are safe in the fold, but there's one missing. And the Bible said he searches, he searches, he searches, for 30 minutes, if he don't sign it good enough, that sheep, that hard-headed, stubborn, old, crazy sheep, if he dies out there, if a wolf eats him, if a bear eats him, if he lays on his back until his own weight uh, su suppresses his circulation and his heart stops good enough for him. I've waited an hour. Good enough for him. I've searched for two hours, can't find him. I'm going back and have me a nap. That sheep, as far as I'm concerned, is lost and doomed. Oh, the Bible said he searches till he finds it. <laughs> he said, I'm not, I'm not going to go back without it. I'm not going to leave it out there by itself. It was hard. It wouldn't be out there if it stayed close to shepherd. Did you know that? It wouldn't be out there if it followed the rest of the flock. It's out there because it was stubborn and headstrong and self-willed. And, but what's the good shepherd do? He leaves the 90 and 9, and he searches. I like this little part till he finds it. If I'm out there all night, I'm not going back. I'm, I'll never leave you. I'll, you. Oh, you can make yourself vulnerable to the devil, but I'm going to tell you something. If you stay close to the shepherd, he's going to bring you back into the safety of the fold. I serve that kind of God today. I'm glad I know that kind of God. Don't, aren't you glad he's that kind of God today? Hallelujah. 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 Peter and Jesus walk back to the safety and security of the boat. And from that day forward, I don't believe Peter's faith was in his faith any further. I believe from that day forward, Peter's faith was in the faithfulness of Jesus. And I believe that's where Jesus wanted it to be. Because anything, I want to say it again, you can watch this, listen to doctrine, mark it when you read Scripture. Anything in the name of faith that makes you operate more independent from God instead of more dependent on God is not a biblical understanding of faith. It is something to pull you away from that that cannot fail.
Amen. I don't want to try to walk the water by faith in his word. I want Jesus to help me to get wherever he wants me to be by sustaining me, by upholding me. Fear not, Israel. Fear not. Fear not. He says it over and over. I will help thee. And how will he help them? If they'll stay right with him or get right with him, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Well, if, if he's holding you, if he's holding you in his strong right hand, oh, glory to God, then the world can, can absolutely take a hike. The devil might as well to take his minions and go home because you're being upheld, amen, by the hand of the Lord. Praise God. How many's ever had the sinking feeling? How many has ever felt like your faith has failed? Amen. Your faith may have wavered, but your faith would only fail if you didn't call upon the Lord and trust that he loved you enough in spite of yourself. Hallelujah. To come and help you. His mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. 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 Well, I would love to preach this message, but we'd have to rent that other room for another two hours. And no one's amening that, so I know that I'm supposed to save that for another time. But do you believe the time you spent this morning was well invested? How many want to build a shield that will not fail you, even when you feel weak and Sense your circumstances all around you, but you know I'm being upheld by his strong right hand. And not only that, beyond that, I'm being upheld by a God of love who said, I won't let you fall. Now unto him, the New Testament says, who is able, which means when you see the word able, it is tied to faithful. Because if he's able and not faithful, doesn't do you or me or anyone else any good. So when you see able in the New Testament, see able and faithful. Can you say, man, and then you got an anchor. You have an anchor, sure and steadfast for your soul. Let the wind blow, let the storm come. I'm anchored in Jesus. I'll fear no wind or wave. I'm anchored in Jesus because he not only has power to save, he has a heart of love for me. He will not let me fall. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless. (laughs) God has the power. God has the purpose. God has the will. Hallelujah.